All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Retro Hangover. Well, sort of. See, you have to understand this is our April Fool's episode, and there's a lot of insider baseball here in terms of our Discord community. Long story short, we have a community member who swore that we did a Fatal Frame episode when they went to our Sunday streams over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash retro hangover, if you want to see us there every Sunday at 9 p.m. And we never have done a Fatal Frame episode. So we decided to have a Fatal Frame episode featuring this person who apparently is a big fan of Fatal Frame. Now, I am recording this intro right now with having no idea how this episode is going to go because the person we invited on, their name is Masked Llama, does not know they're about to be ambushed by two of our Australian community members, Backlog Adam from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog Podcast, and Raging Demon, a member of our community. So I hope you enjoy this. If you don't, I get it. This is just for laughs. I hope to see you on Sunday when we're going to have an episode that is normally part of our Patreon series. It's an RH Gaiden where we are going to be interviewing both Demon and Adam about growing up playing video games in Australia. And this is normally patron content, but because this is a little bit of a unique situation, you're going to get this joke episode and you're going to get this uh, interview episode that we're going to have on Sunday. So I hope you enjoy. If you don't, there's some content for you on Sunday and normal episodes will resume on the regular schedule. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you. Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Masked Llama, Andrew Liguori, Retro Overdrive, Ozzy Garcia, Keith Gasper, and Discimera. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Okay. So, Llama, I just I just want you to know that uh I've been looking forward to this episode for a really long time. And uh because you came on the Discord and you always let us know how much you wanted to do this this episode. So I've been really looking forward to this one this one in particular. So for today's episode, I just want you to know. I brought in some special guests. Take it away, guys. Hi. Let's go. Open your ears and crack some beers. You're listening to episode minus one of Retro Hung Under. Classic gamers, welcome to the podcast where we're your one-stop shop for retro video games, big dicks, and sobriety. This is episode minus one of Retro Hung Under. I'm your co-host Adam with special guest Masked Llama, and as always, your host Raging Dick Dragon Demon. Oh. What's up? How's everyone going? 
Very well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How are you, Maslama? I'm doing good. I'm getting ready to talk about one of my favorite games. How are y'all? Awesome. Very well. Thank you. Uh, So let's kick it off. What have you been playing lately? And since you're the special guest, uh, let's have you go first. Uh, Well, I am currently once again trying to save the wasteland in Fallout, uh, Fallout 4 this time. How are you finding it compared to the others? Ah, it's all right. I enjoy some of the new, a lot of the, I enjoy the quests. Uh, The new plot is pretty good, but holy cow. Like, I love the idea of trying to unite the wasteland and build everything back up but it can be incredibly tedious to do so. <laughs> Absolutely. What about you, Raging Demon? What have you been playing lately? Oh, you know, I think since we're talking 64 game, uh, I've been playing Clay Fighter 63 and a third because, you know, it's a beloved and critically acclaimed fighting game and not uh, insensitive to anyone in any way. Amazing. I love Clay. Yeah, it hasn't aged as bad as people say it has. Speaking of aging poorly, I've actually been playing the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy remaster, and I got to say, it looks impeccable. I think it looks even better than Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah. Um, when was your last trip to the optometrist, mate? Uh, I went to Specsavers not that long ago and got my eyes tested, and they said I had a couple of cataracts. But other than that, it looks great. Perfect vision. <laughs> Possibly give the screen a wipe. Uh. I could. I could. Um, All right. Well, let's get started, shall we? So, let's kick it off with a brief history of Fatal Frame. Gotta snap them all. The hype for the for dead but cute Japanese schoolgirls was real in the early 2000s. Hot off the heels of the ring. You had panties and vending machines, feature-length hentai movies, fast food branded toys, a tarot card game. The creepy dead zombie girls were seemingly inescapable. But while this phenomenon began with the juggernaut out of a horror movie, the series had yet to notably make it to gaming platforms. Namely, Nintendo 64. Otakus were demanding something to play on the Big N's home system. But what they got was not at all what they were expecting. In 1995, a 64DD game was being developed under the working title of Jack and the Beanstalk. It was intended to be based off of the fairy tale of the same name and developed by longtime Nintendo second party developer, HAL. All that is known about this soon to be Doom project was that it would revolve heavily around a photography mechanic. The storybook adaptation would never come to fruition, however, the overwhelming international success of Japanese horror movies, coupled with the distinct lack of promise the Jack project was showing, Satoru Iwata and others at Nintendo decided to switch the team's focus from a children's book character to the much more lucrative, scary demon children. Unfortunately. This was not the last hurdle the project would face, as the 64DD entered, encountered one delay after another, so too would the nascent title that would come to be known as Fatal Frame. Ultimately, like many other projects in the pipeline, it was decided to move the game from the death-spiralling disk drive to a regular cart in January 2000. Fatal Frame would finally see release on December 13, 2001 in Japan, with North America receiving it on March 8, 2002, and PAL regions 
not being able to lay their hands on the game until August 30, 2002. Nintendo would partner with the likes of Blockbuster Video and Japanese store Lawson to set up kiosks where players could bring bring in their memory cards and print out pictures that were saved in the game. While the game received largely tepid reviews from critics, it performed far better commercially, going on to sell 3.6 million units and propping up Nintendo's struggling console. All told, Fatal Frame would, en- would eventually become the 11th best-selling N64 game of all time. This light-hearted, candid, snapping adventure would go on to see re-releases on the Wii Virtual Console in 2007 and in Japan's Wii U Virtual Console in 2016 alongside its sequel, Maiden of Blackwater. A long-awaited remaster to the game's most recent entry would be released for the Nintendo Switch on October 28, 2021, much to the relief of series fans. And that is your brief history of Fatal Frame. Let's kick it off with our personal experiences with the Fatal Frame games or the Fatal Frame franchise, I should say. So, Mas Lama, as our special guest, you're obviously a huge fan of the franchise. So, tell me where it first kicked off for you. When did you first play it and how much do you love it? Uh, you know, I, I do really love it. It combines my two passions of taking pictures and almost wetting myself in fear. <laughs> <laughs> see oh it was back uh 2009 if the old save data is to be believed i picked it up at a flea market as you know you should with cursed with potentially cursed games there's no better place to get them <laughs> and haunted dolls as well i hope we certainly don't buy them new no no absolutely not it's, you're never going to get a curse that way <laughs> oh but yeah went and Played it and and enjoyed it as good. I was living by myself at the time. So after the sun goes down and just get that good, creepy atmosphere going. I think the premiere experience for me with this game was actually when I was house sitting for a friend. Back in the day when you had the memory cards, so you didn't have to lug your entire PlayStation. And you could just bring your memory card and show up at your friend's house while he was out of town. Watch his place, feed his cats for him. First night there, I get in, and I'm going against the part of the game where I'm fighting the blind boss. Was that me? Am I the boss in the game? (laughs) You're just the boss. Please continue. (laughs) You know, I mean, you might have been. She looked kind of... I've never actually seen you, so, you know, maybe your voice just changes really well. (laughs) But no, no, I was fighting this boss, and, and in the game, she has... She is blind. I won't quite go into how yet, but she's blind and she's looking around trying to find you. And oh, she was kicking she was kicking my butt and it was very frustrating. So this was about 5 p.m. It was still light out. I got frustrated. I paused the game and I went upstairs, used my buddy's computer and look up some tips on how to beat this person. And, you know, it's like, all right, I checked it out. I found out. And then I decided that I would just you know, spend a few minutes surfing the internet and checking forums, Facebook, if that was a thing in 2009. And the next thing I know, it's three hours later. The sun has gone down. It is now completely dark and no lights were on because it was, you know, daylight when I, when I just started to sit down and look at the computer. So I make my way downstairs 
And again, like this is my first night at my friend's place. I don't know the layout to his house. I'm just there to feed his cats and make sure nobody breaks into his place. The Xbox, the, the, the Xbox PlayStation was on the far side of the room. And so when you pause the game, the game has a little screensaver. It will flash bloody handprints up if you wait too long. So there is a red glow coming from this far side of the from the house. And the ghost don't stop talking when you pause. So I'm listening. and I can hear from the far side of the room some creepy voice going, where are you? And then followed by like, I can hear you as I'm slowly trying to navigate this dark, dark room. And I'm taking a couple of steps. And again, just like hearing, I can hear you. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And about that time, the two cats start fighting. So just right next to me in the dark, creeped out. I hear (laughs) from some two cats just PO'd at each other. So, yeah, I just leapt into the air, came back down, scared out of my mind, three years off my life. (laughs) huffing and scared and yeah these cats just took off running because they had no idea what i was doing and yeah that will forever be my main fatal frame memory (laughs) is just being scared to death by a paused game (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) pretty wow yeah very vivid nice narration you painted quite the picture there (laughs) (laughs) it's like just all i imagine is just shit yourself and jumping up in the air and a bunch of cats (laughs) Equally as scared. That 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 is exactly what happened. <laughs> well, I don't know how to follow on from that, but uh, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I guess I I'll tell you my experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have much experience with the Fatal Frame franchise, but when I was younger, I did have an interest in photography, which is something I made use of when I went to a school trip in Japan. So while I was in Japan, I discovered I had a talent for throwing apples at Japanese schoolgirls and taking upskirt photos to exercise the ghosts that were possessing them. And that's my history. Yeah, I know a guy who played this game. Said it was fine. <laughs> I did hear it. Uh, it did for photography what Tony Hawk's do did for skate did for skateboarding. But yeah, yeah it was okay from <laughs> from third person accounts of it. Amazing. <laughs> I'm kind of scared of it now after hearing that story. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, yeah, it's sure there are some moments like that, but you know, most of it's pretty lighthearted. You get pictures of ghost playing tag or hide and seek you know so it's like a holiday well they're not going to spend all day being scary and like spooking people are they like you don't haunt people all day you have time off oh yeah you're a ghost you got lots of time off you do other shit oh if i was a ghost i'd be watching people shower (laughs) (laughs) just my personal preference (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's talk about the plot and the writing let me go first I found the plot to be fascinating because I love the way that the game leans into the spirit photography. I thought it was amazing. And the ghosts are really, really cool. I've been a fan of ghosts ever since I played Pac-Man. So it's really great to see them return in a story like this after all these years. And they've really fleshed out the characters of the ghosts way more than they did in the original Pac-Man. So big thumbs up for me for the plot of Fatal Frame and the story of the ghosts. What about you, Demon? Well- I only just realised they're ghosts now, like uh, after hearing you say that, and that changes everything. I mean, it sounds like a a masterpiece. I just basically thought it was Virtual Cop with a camera. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, and Maslama, in a brief little rundown, what did you think about the the plot and the writing? Um, plot and writing were really good. Uh, you know, it's it's your classic story of guy goes into mansion, guy disappears, little sister comes along, little sister has to find him, little sister gets horrifically cursed. And, you know, occasionally throws some apples and see some Spock, see some, see some pocket demons. Amazing. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the, the gist of it. Like all good games, you have to, you know, avenge a lost family. There's a lost love in there. Someone spends their entire life ready to be a sacrifice and then falls in love at the last minute and can't go through with it. So they kill somebody and sacrifice a person anyway. I mean, you know, it's a story you've seen a hundred times, but it's, it's told well. Love will do that to you. They should have just stayed on Tinder and found a different love instead of trying to be a sacrifice the whole lives. You know, get with the modern times, get on Tinder. You've got to learn to love themselves, don't they, first. Oh, that's it. And if you can't love themselves. yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Darn right. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. Amen. <laughs> All right, cool. Gameplay. We're kicking this off real quick. Excellent. Onto gameplay. My favorite part was the vehicle control because I love the way that you drive the buggy around the stage. Even if it's on rails, you can control the speed. So you can go fast, you can go slow, you can go in between. It's really versatile the amount of options you have with the speed that you're given. And I love the crafting mechanics. I thought the way that you combine the ghost ectoplasms with seaweed to make a variety of different camera film was just genius. What about you, Damon? Well, I just thought I thought the opposite. I just thought there was too many different game mechanics arbitrarily just inserted in. You can't even do super combos or EX moves. I mean, there's a block button. It, it just it was a terrible fighting game. Like I don't know what you know. It does. Yeah, it's not my speed, not my style. Yeah, I didn't see what you saw, Adam. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. What about you, Mars Lama? What was your favorite part of the gameplay? I mean, it's it's taking pictures. You can take pictures of everything. Ghosts. Decrepit buildings, not decrepit buildings, more ghost, <laughs> horrific ghost. Oh, this makes more sense now. <laughs> Sorry, Lava, continue. It's all about it's all about taking pictures, and you know, yeah, sometimes one's gonna do uh, something adorable, like hiding under a porch in fear of a horrific curse. But I mean, you know, yeah, those are the ones you take to Blockbuster and print out and put on your fridge. Adorable. I love hiding ghosts. They're my favorite kind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Music and sound. No, graphics. Sorry. Graphics. Well, should we trust you? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, have to I- have an opinion on this after you're uh, absolutely sort of pumping up and lauding, you know, the, the trilogy, the remake of Grand Theft Auto. I mean, I don't know if I can trust you, Adam. I've, had, I've since had cataract surgery since I made that comment. So, I think I can say that my- my grading of graphics is going to be impeccable. For this game in particular, I think the graphics hold up really well. I particularly love the way that you see the shock of the Japanese schoolgirls' faces when you get the upskirt photos. It's really impressive for such an old game to capture that look of disgust and violation in the facial animations. What about you? Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought the same. I, I thought this game suffers from being having too, the graphics being too good and too <laughs> expressive and uh, creepy. But you do need to show that kind of creepiness on the faces and uh, they succeeded. And even with the limited Nintendo 64 hardware, I mean, we've all seen GoldenEye, what it looks like when you get up close to the people, the character models. 
Yeah, uh, graphics are too good for its own good in this case. Yeah, nightmare-inducing. What about you, Lama? Yeah, nothing. When you throw an apple at someone and hit them and then the, the look on their face, <laughs> yeah, it just- Right. I relive apples. those memories of throwing apples every day and it's a favorite pastime of mine. What about you, Mas Lama? Um, uh, camera mechanics are iffy. You know, the whole thing of you want to get that perfect shot of the horrific expression of fear and angst on the ghost's face before it plunges its hands into your chest and tries to rip apart your soul. And sometimes it works and sometimes it you get your soul ripped out and it takes a lot more life than it should. But overall, yeah, I think the graphics did really well for PlayStation 2. You definitely felt the heartbreak and the ripping of the the soul from both the pain of what these ghosts have gone through and because they're dwindling your HP and that HP is really important and you need the HP to live. But yeah, everything looks horrific except for again, like the, the cute little ghost children. Those are adorable. Can't can't forget those adorable ghost kids hiding in plain demon tag. Have you ever considered adopting a ghost kid? Ah, uh, I I have I have. How would you put them in the booster seat? They just like <laughs> they just phase yeah, right as through. As soon as you break, like yeah, they just float away. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even know what to feed a ghost kid. Souls. Ah, that's the brilliance of the ghost kids. They don't need to be fed, so. They, you never have to worry about them that's dying. That's probably how they became. Oh, that's dark. That's how they became yeah. a ghost kid. Probably never have to worry about feeding or watering them or putting them out in the sunlight because they never die. Watering, repotting them. them. Is it ghost kids that you can't feed after midnight and can't get them wet? Um. Yeah, sounds all right. I think that's gays, but I'm not too sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> music and sound. This is the one I've been keeping an ear out for. I thought it sounded fantastic. I love the kawaii squeals and it really made me giggle. And I especially like the voice acting. One performance in particular was really excellent. And that was John Edwards as the psychic medium. I thought he was genius, especially when he spoke to the spirits. Like, I'm sensing a male figure. First name starts with, sounds like, bah. And he has an affinity for ponies. Does this make sense to anyone? Great performance. Really top notch. Yeah, he was big budget at the time too. It wouldn't have been cheap to get him. Oh, yeah. He had his own TV show and everything. So, how they got him for this game is a huge shock. So, what about you, Demon? What did you like about the sounds and the music? I I couldn't disagree more, to be honest. Aside from John Edwards, you know, in his performance, I just thought it was elevated music at best. Like, uh, yeah, it didn't stand out to me. You you know, you could could have put together a better soundtrack on the Nintendo, you know, on the NES. Sorry, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but yep, for me, just played it on mute. Yeah, but your opinion is wrong. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> we can take this out into the car park afterwards, Adam. Settle things the Aussie way. That's all right. Um, I like public displays of affection. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lama, aside from like the really creepy little voices, like, I can hear you from don't, the ghosts. Do <laughs> I can see you. Stop it. <laughs> Oh, we need some cats hissing in the background. You're looking really sexy today. <laughs> what did you like about the music? No woman dead or alive has ever said that to me. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's like a blind person out there somewhere like me who would love everyone regardless. I don't know where I'm going with this. 
fuck, if I was blind, I'd be a massive slut. I'd just be like, everyone th- on board, let's go. The way you judge graphics, uh, I, I think you're already <laughs> there, mate. Right. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Music, sound, Lama, anything to add? Uh, music and sound are great. You know, the they do a really good job with the chilling, haunted effects that make you feel alone and terrified until the very end when you beat the game. And then it's just some weird Japanese pop rock song over the credits while the. Oh, I love that. What? J-pop's terrifying. Yeah, it's scary. It's fear inducing. It just brings back memories of the 90s and like pop music. It's terrifying. Remember Jack, Jack, Jackie? No one remembers Jack, Jack, Jackie. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, go Google Jack, Jack, Jackie on YouTube or whatever, and you'll thank me for it. One of the best club remixes of the 90s ever. Yeah, that, that's a criticism from me, actually. I think this soundtrack could have used more 90s club remixes like Jack, Jack, Jackie, Say You, Say You, Say You, Feel the Same. If you know, if you get that reference, I love you forever. <laughs> All right, let's get this show on the road. How about the miscellaneous? I thought this game had like impeccable miscellaneous. I'm yet to see a game with such strong miscellaneous since this one has come out. What about you? Oh, look, I, I'll, give, I'll give the game that. It's so miscellaneous. I mean, that's at least what I hear because, like I said, I just know a guy who played it. Oh, if you're into miscellaneous, you can't get any better than playing Fatal Frame. Yeah, well, it's genre-defining if you're into the miscellaneous genre. Yeah. Lama, what's your favourite part of the miscellaneous in Fatal Frame? Uh, my favorite part of the miscellaneous is the new game plus where when you you start you're when you're done with your first game you can play it again and except now your camera's already at full power and it starts off with a list of all the stuff you've already found and if say you last played this in 2009 and you know you're going to be doing a podcast on it you come back in and you start a fresh new game plus because you don't want to be bogged down by the combat You just want to get in there and get that story new. Then you find out after about an hour of playing, looking for clues to solve these puzzles, that the game doesn't, a new game plus, it doesn't put back all like the the scraps of paper that you found, the journals of the characters, the little notes that the characters have written that were there the first time. They don't bring those back because the game feels that you don't need to find those again because you already found them once and it actually saves them all. But unfortunately it doesn't tell you that it's not showing you these again. So if you haven't played the game in 13 years, you don't realize that in your inventory is the clue to solve the puzzles. You're still looking for it. Uh. And the game's like, no, I don't need to put that there. You've already found it. And you're like game where the, where is this answer? Where's the solution to this? So, you know, outside of that, you know, not, not that that happened to me, not that I spent an hour looking for a tiny scrap of paper that was already in my inventory so that I would know how to open a door. No, that. Well, I don't know, Lama. It kind of sounds like you did. All right. <laughs> you, you've seen through my clever deception. <laughs> that happened to me yesterday. Uh, well, I, I just wanted say- to seem cool in front of you guys, but. Yeah, you're cool regardless. But I got to say that has definitely opened my eyes to a big negative check mark on the miscellaneous. So um, I'm quite disappointed to hear that that's what happens in New Game Plus. Yep, looking for your sunglasses when they're on your head. Yep, uh, yep. classic problem. Or being there or Easily trying to avoidable. find your mobile phone while you're talking on it. 
that that's just ridiculous. All right, so let's let's end it off with the most important question of the podcast, and that is, does it hold up today? And I'm going to give this one to the special guest, Mars Lama, first. Mars Lama, how do you feel it holds up today? I think it holds up really well. I mean, the graphics are a little dated being, what, 10, 15 years old. But I, I think that the story is there. And I think it's probably good that the graphics aren't there because, honestly, there's a lot of this game that I just don't want to see in any more better creepy detail. Mm. Does need some cosmetic things like needs more uh, close captions and maybe the the combat could be a little tightened a little. But overall, yeah, it's definitely a good experience. And I think if you like the spooky games or, you know, hitting cute little ghost children with apples, that it is the game for you. Excellent. Very good. I think it holds up very well. It holds up my coffee really well because I'm currently using it as a coaster and I hear a remake is in the works. So maybe wait to buy that or save your money and get yourself an actual camera and head on down to Harajuku, get some upskirt shots. That's my recommendation. That coaster goes for $50 <laughs> by itself. Just, just saying. My coffee goes for $60. So <laughs> wow. you know, that wins out. <laughs> what well, about you, Demon? <laughs> unfortunately, I can't replace my... Uh NBA Live disc coaster with a, you know, Fatal Frame coaster because ROMs don't have load-bearing properties. So, yeah, unfortunately, I can't even get that kind of use out of it. But does it hold up today? Doesn't hold anything up for me, but that's because it's, you know, a metaphysical sort of thing we're talking about here because I don't even have the ROM either. Uh, that's a whole other world that we need to yeah, delve I mean, into at another time. Is this game even real? Is it? Are we real? Are we all in the Matrix? Who knows? But I do know one thing, and that apples. is that has been episode minus one of the Retro Hungover podcast. Thank you so much to Mars Lama and to Raging Demon and happy April Fools. Thanks, happy guys. April Fools. <laughs> that was great. I don't know if I love or hate you all. Oh. I'll tell you what, you're a good sport. Lama. Yeah. <laughs> I into that game for four hours yesterday. I know. Oh, you were talking and I was like, no, Lama. He loves it. We're sort of making fun of a game he absolutely adores. I know. <laughs> that was hilarious. All of it was hilarious. <laughs> hey, Lama. I, I'm back. And, and thank you so much, Demon <laughs> and Adam, for like holding this down. Lama, I didn't know how this was going to go. I didn't know you go to full distance. Like, yeah. We definitely played a joke on you, and it was great. I had a great time. This was with a it. fantastic. Evening. You owe him one now. You owe him a real one. Yes. <laughs> no, we do. We would love to have you back in October when we officially have our Fatal Frame real episode scheduled for. So, are you going to be back in October? Yes, yes, I will be back in October and ready to play this again, maybe on hard mode, so that I can get the true ending. <laughs> Maybe not New Game Plus this time. <laughs> now, no, I'm, no more. The lesson is I've, I've never recorded an April episode <laughs> about a game you like. <laughs> <laughs> a valuable lesson indeed. Oh. oh, no, this is great. I think this would be hilarious. The way you just leaned into it too, Lava, that was funny. Uh, Demon Adam, it, the way you guys did this, I wouldn't... I. I almost expect people to come back and say they want more retro hog unders. Oh, good. Because, uh, <laughs> spin off, spin off podcast. 
All right. So just in case you're listening to this, because if you're still here, thank you for still being here on this complete disaster of a podcast, which I love. I loved it. You can find us at linktree slash retro hangover, linktr.ee slash retro hangover. And you can find all our stuff there where we have a good time. And before we roll out, I'll let all of you just kind of promote your own stuff. Do you want people to find you on the Internet? And if you do, where do you want them to find you? Go ahead, Am. You can find me on the Good, the Bad and the Backlog podcast, where each week we play a game from our backlog to completion and then basically review it and give our impressions of it. You can find us on Twitter at Bad Backlog, Instagram at Good Bad Backlog, and we have a link tree. Oh, geez, I should remember what it is, but I never do. But if you basically just Google the Good, the Bad and the Backlog on any podcast service, you should find us. So thank you. And I love you. Please listen. And you have sexy voices. Woo. Llama. You can find me on Twitter at masked underscore llama, where I will mostly be retweeting different retro video game podcasts and saying like, hey, check this out. That's what I do. That's all. All right. So, So that's all we got. So until next time, play with your it's not real joysticks. Have a good one, everybody. Shane here with a quick message. You know, the one rule Chris and I have always gone by regarding advertisements is this. It has to be something we use and can personally vouch for. If you know me, you know I love coffee. And Bones Coffee Company has been my go-to for home brewing for quite some time now. Their small batch beans come in an impressive variety of flavors like Mint Invaders from Chocolate Space or Electric Unicorn, which I swear tastes exactly like Fruity Pebbles. And the best part? No added sugar or calories involved, just natural flavors infused right into the beans themselves. Build your own sample pack of five four ounce bags to find out which flavors speak to you, or jump in head first with full 12 ounce bags They've even got K-Cups. Step up your homebrew game with Bones Coffee by visiting bit.ly slash RHP Bones. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash R-H-P-B-O-N-E-S.